Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. It's like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold sets up. If you're going to blitz... Come strong, but don't come at all. We're going to come strong with this edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7, but, man, not only is it not a victory edition of Longhorn Blitz, but, boys, we got a lot to sort through this week as Texas loses to Iowa State 23-21, getting ready to face a 9-1 Baylor team. Yes, Mm. go back to August and... Ask yourself, hey, would the you probably think the records for these two teams would be reversed going into this game? But they're not. Baylor's the nine and one team ranked in the top twenty five. Texas is six and four and trying to figure out what bowl they're going to. Uh yeah, it's just kind of where we are. We'll talk big picture and all kinds of stuff here on this week's show. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well. How about yourself? One day we'll get to where Matt can have his plethora of drops back. Maybe we'll get there. Yeah, it'd be nice. Something. That other building, though, I don't know if we're going back there. <laughs> no, nobody. No, so, you are not so, allowed. No. Uh, we might have to just allowed, steal actually. a hard drive. Like Jeff that. is allowed, but none yeah. of, not me and you. Uh, <laughs> if, I, if I'm allowed, I'm going to choose not to, uh, not to go in there. <laughs> Got a few spies. Might be able to get it in. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Uh, um, a man who who was in that building across the way, but is here now at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn 104.9 where you can hear him each and every week down the Rodcast from 1 to 3. Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-American, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the CFL. As he said, being in the CFL, it's like being in the porn industry of football. So he got himself back to Austin, Texas in the 40 Acres, where he earned that degree. When he gets that T-ring back in his possession, he'll make sure he wears it proudly. Nevertheless, he's a card-carrying member of DBU. And when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, you get that black card. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. And Thanks for the intro, brother. Rod, 23-21. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, Rod. You and I picked an Iowa State victory last week. Matt, yeah. I think you had Texas winning a very close game. Yep, I flipped. I almost okay. had Iowa State, then I changed my mind because I thought Texas the short yards, line of scrimmage type stuff would go Texas's way. Did Ooh, didn't go their way. I did not. I, and I, you know, on the Horns pregame show, I joined Bucky Godbolt and Chad Hastings as I do every game day, two hours before kickoff, and I actually changed my pick because oh, nice. after the show, I. It, and I'll, I'll get back to why I regret doing that, not just the loss. <laughs> yeah. but I, I changed my pick because I'm thinking, you know, this is the kind of game that Tom Herman's track ret- record suggests he wins, right? Mm-hmm. You're an underdog on the road. You're going against this Iowa State defense, which we all know, we all said was good, an Iowa State team that was better than their 5-4 and four record suggested, which I told people, people were like, oh, you are what your record says you are. <laughs> no, you're not. Go ahead and look at yeah. Iowa State's losses a little bit closer. You can play me in fantasy if you think that way. I'll be down. <laughs> um, so all that said, I was like, you know, this is a game Texas typically wins. And almost immediately as I said that, Rod, I regretted it because I remember why I made the Iowa State pick in the first place. Mm. And my rationale for making the pick was I don't think Texas can play the type of clean game they need to over four quarters to win that game. Man, I wish I was wrong. I really do. But you look at whether it's penalties, whether it's one blown assignment on a 75-yard touchdown pass. I don't know if we've got enough time in this show to talk about the offense, but in no way, shape, or form was that game as clean as Texas needed to play to win it. Um, yeah, but I will say the offense deserves most of the blame because Absolutely. the defense, I when you hold a team in the Big 12 to 23 points in, in the Big 12, that is a game Texas, not everybody, but Texas should win. If you hold somebody, I think I looked, I mean, Matt were talking about it. Matt Campbell is now 4-14 four and 14 after that game when he scores 24 points or less. 
So uh, he doesn't win a lot when right. he's on when he doesn't score a lot of points because he's in the Big Twelve because the Big Twelve is all all about scoring. It's all about points. So the fact that Todd Orlando, I I think did his job. Todd Orlando, we'll we'll get to him later, but he doesn't deserve the criticism this week. He's been getting a lot of it the last few weeks. He doesn't deserve it this week. He needs to go have a steak, go hang out with wifey, have a good time, and enjoy himself. Uh, he earned his money this week. This week, Tom Herman deserves all the criticism. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm a big Tom Herman fan, but he uh, he coached scared in that game at the worst possible time. And that's uncharacteristic of a guy who is brash and cocky and arrogant and talks about how physical his football teams are. And I like those things about Tom Herman, and I like those things about his football team, but he shied away from that in – in that game, because you weren't physical, we knew that. You just and I hope he he didn't admit that, but he admit they end up getting out coached. But you weren't the more physical team in that no. game either. You got y'all got Debo on, on mm-hmm. the line of scrimmage, which is fine. I mean, it can't win every you know line of scrimmage every game. Uh, but you then after you found out what was working for you, you decided to go away from that in the most crucial point of the game. So I so I'm I'm lost. Like I don't understand. Like you you. You made the adjustments that I expect a good coach to make when your initial game plan was terrible, and it was a bad game plan. And not because you didn't do your research preparation, because it just didn't work. <laughs> you came out to get initial game plan, and whatever y'all thought, first 15, 20 play, did not work. And, the mo- you know, ne- necessity is the mother of invention. In that 47 seconds left in the first half, y'all figured it out. Y'all figured out something only because you were basically in two-minute mode and you had 47 seconds to try to score, and you are like, we got to put some score, some points on the board. And out of that desperation, I think you found, you know, I mean, you were enlightened a little bit about, okay, okay, now we figured out how we can attack them. And when you came on in the second half, you doubled down on that philosophy. At one point, you threw it 27 times in a row, and I was like, okay, he understands now. Screw the game plan. Screw the running game. I am just going to throw it. We got Sam Ellinger's going to win or lose this game, and I was like, you know what? I'm cool with it. Yeah, and Sam, win. at one point, started to win the game. You had a 10-play drive and a touchdown drive. You had a 15-play touchdown drive, and every, every long horn started to go, okay, Sam actually is going to win the game. And then in the most crucial point, you pulled a Jason Garrett. When Dak was having his be- one of his best games ever, you took the game out of his hands and gave it to Zeke. When Zeke was having one of his worst games, you took the game out of Sam's hands. That's a, that, that didn't make sense to me. Yeah. So to me, that's the biggest indictment of Tom Herman in that game. And, and there's, like you said, Rod, is stubborn whatever label you want to put on it. Like Bill Walsh has had bad game Everybody plans. Coaches Every bad coach games. had no bad, worried about bad that. Game yeah, plans. man. It, it happens. But it's like to go back to what didn't work. <sighs> that run game didn't work at all. Like. I, I was asked before the game, I think it was with Chad and Kevin maybe, but it's like, what does Texas need to do to move the ball on Iowa State if they're going to run it? I said, don't don't mess around with trying to you know, get side to side or try the outside zone. you got to run right at Iowa State. you gotta, you got to pound it between the tackles. It's the only way you're going to run it. And the few times they did run it, that's what they did. But because it was pretty clear early, like outside zone, not going to work. Mm-hmm. Some of your pin and pull stuff, with as much as they're slanting, yeah. it's going to be hit and miss. And, Some of your bread and, and butter wasn't going to work. And you got to a point in the game where it wasn't even worth trying anymore. Yeah. So I just don't understand. And, and like, I think the thing that concerns me the most, and, and it's not that I don't think Tom Herman's going to work out, but I think now people that cover the team, the majority of the fan base, I think this is the first time where people have had real doubt, even if it's a little, even if it's a little bit yeah. of doubt, it, it's it's doubt. People forget he's young, though. He is. You forget that. But his rationale that well, if we'd have thrown three straight incompletions, I'd be answering tougher questions. Okay, it comes with the territory of the Texas job. Do what you do to win the game. Don't worry about what we're going to ask after the game. Just go do it. Win the I game. Hope he wasn't worried. I well, hope that wasn't he, his concern. His <laughs> and he said that it, the main concern was the clock. But still, along the same vein of what Jeff's saying is. The same principle that he deviated from what he normally does. And that's like even from not only what was successful, throwing the ball in the second half and what was good, but being aggressive. So if you're saying that then now I'm changing what we're doing because instead of playing against the opponent and trying to score and everything you just pointed out about being in the Big 12, you need to have points. He admitted that when that final last drive he had a primary focus of running the clock down, yeah, which it. is different in elite. And if you're an offensive guy, mm. if you're a guy that's confident, if you're a guy that knows 
the territory of the Big 12 in in this situation and then knows with what was just successful that you hadn't been able to run the ball successfully. Now, I'm never going to question like a quarterback run with Sam. You normally have a damn good advantage, and in that situation, I could see it if it had been working, but when it's not working, me and Rod were talking about this before the game. It was like, well, what was working? We had been able to move the ball in the second half and yep. been able to air Spread it out. them out. Exactly, and you're doing different things. Well, if this situation, they're expecting power, this is where you get to the situation where you go and you don't play your hand, you play the man the opponent what oh well they think we're going to run that's when you can actually go and counter that's off exactly of what right. that would be yeah. in that situation that in been that clutch. play it would have been, been great because they all I mean they were sold out on stopping yeah. that QB run. run it's going to come in and stop the run right there so either way it shows him either deviating from his main principle and he's an offensive mind and being a guy that's aggressive all those things don't align with that last series and then exactly. if you're like well if you're looking at well we're late in the game just need to be able to run out this possession it's like yeah but you can't get a first down doing that so at least through there just some and we've been the one team and coaches talked about it and we've got to the point that Extensions of the running game can be the running game. You don't have to traditionally run. Who's they tried on third down? And you throw to yeah, exactly. And like you can maybe throw to backs and do something a little bit more inventive to where you know Coach Herman's the guy that got to Texas because of being on that cutting edge always and always being one that was the forward thinking mind you would think in the offensive game of football across all of college and pro football. But when we've seen the last year or so is. Like it almost as if like it's allotted its full capabilities within itself, and this is where you have other teams adjusting to you, and you have to go and make your adjustments or layers or your complexities of your offense can be built off of it. And those are some of the things that we'd say are lacking in these situations because it was sort of back to what we expected to see on that last drive. You can't, you you can't at, at, at four minutes, four minutes and one second left in that game, be worried about time. When you're only up by one. And mm-hmm. the way the game was going, that was a bad decision by Tom Herman. He yep. should have went with, you know what, we got to get a first down by any means necessary and the traditional style of it in working. And he, he should have, number one, he should have had a counter. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm with you. Uh, you know, you should have had, you, 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 and you talked about it before the show, you know, remember Joe Burrow against Alabama? He has mm-hmm. to play where it looks like a quarterback draw, and it's a pull-up pop pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? You should have had one of those plays ready. Up. Joe Brady had that ready. He's like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. all right, yeah, I think, you know what I mean? Like, I, it, there should have been something, because that would have been the counter. The yep. counter is, they're looking for the run, they're ready for the run, you come out in more of a, a power set or whatever, and you can still... And you get a 70-yard a, touchdown, because they are whatever just Whatever it is, zero. you know what I mean? Roll left. That's yes. the, you know what I mean? That, no, Where's, exactly. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't see that counter ready to go. And my point is, the, the, the decision should have been, because, and I remember Matt Campbell said after the Oklahoma game, when why did you go for two, and, you know, you had the momentum, and you just had to kick an extra point, and you could have probably won the game and beat Oklahoma and Oklahoma. He said, I was watching Brock Purdy. I was watching my quarterback, and my quarterback basically was balling. Yeah. And I wanted the ball in his hands, and I'm fine with the ball in his hands. And we lost, but we lost because our guy went out there and gave it everything he had. Confidence. And, hey, man, it didn't happen for us. And Tom Herman would have came here on Monday and said, man, y'all watch Sam Ellinger out there in them last few drafts? I figured, you know what, if we're going to go down – we're going to go down with that guy, and if we're going to win it, it's going to be because of that guy. And I was empowering. watching that guy, and that guy was at a, at a Vince Young swagger level I, at yeah. that point. He, he struggled early on, I did, but at, at those last two drives of touchdowns, you saw it. He was ready. He was, he was Westlake, Sam Ellinger, playoffs. He was ready. And Tom didn't recognize that. Everybody else was like, no, let him go get it. Just spread him out and have everybody go, man, the Longhorns are going to be aggressive here and get a first down. you damn right. It tells me the pressure of the situation affected and his impact he, of his he, play he call. He got there. conservative. Like, and this is a guy, hell, we were, remember, what's the, what's the Kansas game? This, this is the same yeah. guy that decided with like eight seconds left in the Kansas yeah, we're game. We're going to go and out for four go yards. And throw <laughs> Throwing out in that game with four yards. Everybody was like, that could have went all and kinds of wrong. Like, What's going Why on? did you do that? That could have hurt And he's like, nope, we got a quarterback that takes care of the football, that makes good decisions, and in the clutch, we know he can handle it. 
And in this game, you didn't do that. And it's usually, you know, give it to Sam. And I was disappointed that he didn't do that. Yeah. And it was a Jason Garrett-type decision to me. It's a revealing way to show that, like, for some reason, he was lacking confidence there in what he should have been most confident in. And it makes you wonder if the atmosphere and situation on, impacted his decision-making. You and Sam danced on the sideline together at the damn Texas Bowl. <laughs> Come on, man. Give it to You should have pulled him over to the sideline and went, Sam, listen, we're going to give it to you. Make good decisions. Don't lose the game for us. Check it down. Scramble. Get down. You know what I mean? Then the worst, the worst that will happen when you make a good decision is the clock will run. And that's what we want anyway. And he didn't do that. To he he coached scared. And I listen, he ain't scared, but he coached scared in that moment. And scared money don't make money. To your there point you on that. Go back to the Oklahoma State game at the very end when they needed a first down. Same situation. They needed a first. You get a first down, game's over. Come on now. And third down, what do they call? Sometimes it's the most obvious that. call. It was a great call. And LHN had them mic'd up. And I don't know if you guys saw the long all access deal, yeah. but it's a it's a hard run action. And then yep. Sam's going to roll out the right side. And Tom Herman tells him, unless he's butt naked open, don't throw it and run. run it. Get what you can. Come on now. Uh, that was it? Yeah. Come on, same situation. <laughs> let, let Sam make the decision. He will like the likelihood of him making a bad decision, in my opinion, is very small and minuscule because he, he's been making good decisions. Now, he, of course, he throws picks. He's human. He's not perfect. Well, he's and then perfect. there's an added but variance if you do that because, like, if you just are running them, there's no other but option. But, like, yeah, like, like Jeff exactly. said, you gave him parameters. He was like, all right, listen, we're going to run this play. If you got it, you got it. If not, you run it. If not, throw the hell away. If the you know defense I mean? beats you, you still yeah. can win because so you I have that capability. But you chose to just go back to your initial game plan, your your first 15-play script. It, <laughs> yeah, it pigeonholes you. And if you do that, you have to be confident that your Crazy, guys up front are going to win. And the thing was, was is insane. your guys up front hadn't been winning that entire game. Now, entire we game. went into the game maybe thinking they would. I did. But then Tom's got to be able to adjust and change that end game. Rod, let's let's talk about just the offensive structure, if you will. And I won't get into the whole quote, but uh, Tom Herman was asked in the Monday press conference kind of about how they go through the week game planning, and he talked about <laughs> five how minutes. I did hear some of that. I, I was really liked confused it. about the breakdown of it, so I don't. I didn't. I kind yeah. of tuned it out. So yeah, break it down, please. Well, let me know. yeah, I got to find the quote. It's a lot. Well, he it seems got like in, there's a lot. In, it seems like there's a lot of people involved. Well, see, it right? just sort of seemed like the question was a question that maybe not necessarily rubbed them the wrong way, but it was a question just like, oh well, what what goes into the offensive process? And then he's like, oh, you really want to know? Really Here's know. five minutes. I'll give it to you. No, and he gave it's him like, five minutes no, of detail, like and you, I, I enjoyed it. I learned from it. I've but heard that. When it the was people, five minutes of nonsense. No, the, st- the, the, the government does that, and the state yeah. does that. When you are given open rec- records requests or something, oh, yeah. sometimes they'll just give you like 18 it's like boxes a filibuster. Or like, Here oh, we go. You want, oh, you really want to research? Yeah. Okay, you know what? See if you can find this needle in a Here's haystack. Here's 5,000. Yeah. Know, and that's what I saw and heard on Herman's face to Chip's question. That's a good one. All right, so he basically breaks down how basically the GAs and the analysts, right, as they should, are involved in kind of the deep dig stuff. So the staff gets the stuff at the beginning of the week, and it says they, they're they responsible for things like, uh, hey, when they line up in this look, uh, let me find the quote here. The CNN they, okay, talked about. They do a ton of deep digging in terms of, hey, we, we understand that they line up in this look 78% of the time this formation, but how does it change when the back is offset here? How does it change when the tight end is maybe in a different alignment? So basically, your GAs and your yeah, analysts are doing tendencies, all the tendencies and yeah, trends all and all stuff. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those guys are big in terms of deep digs. Uh, then to take you behind the scenes a little bit, Herb Hand, Derek Wareheim, and Stan Drayton, seven a.m. Monday, go down and watch cutups in the O line meeting room and formulate game thoughts uh, just on the run game. Uh, Tom Herman, Tim Beck, Larry Fedora, and Andre Coleman are watching. Uh, for bigger picture stuff, formations, blitz pickups, front tips, coverage tips, uh, who are they from a personality standpoint? Then Drew Manager and Corby Meekins, they separate and go watch for personnel on the back end. How do we attack? Uh, how do we attack with coverage adjustments to different formations, yada, yada, yada. So basically that's kind of what it is. And the, the yeah, game, this is the research, the, the, ba- the background research. And this is all on first and second down yeah, yeah, within yeah. the so 20s. That, yeah. yeah. So then we get yeah. back together for about at about 10, 10, 15. On, that's on, uh, I guess, Monday morning, all in the same room, put thoughts together in roundtable, and that's for what Herman calls CNN, competitive normal normal, 
meaning the game is still competitive. Uh, you're breaking down a lot of, uh, you're not breaking down a lot of film in a 45 nothing game with third stringers and blah blah blah. Basically, like Matt yeah, said, yeah, 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 it's first it. and second down when the game is in control. <laughs> then later in the week, you get Somebody into third down. situational stuff, yeah. third and long, third and shorts. And I asked Red him on the big, I asked him on the Big 12 teleconference because this is something else we'll get into on their fourth downs. I, I want to know, like, are there fourth down plays that you carry with you every week that regardless of who you're playing, what their personnel is, what they like to do with their front. We feel really good about this call on fourth down. We've worked it. We've repped it. Mm-hmm. This is something we've got in our back pocket for fourth down. He said no. They specifically game plan for fourth down every week. For, for different they don't players. carry stuff week to week. It is, it's all new well, every week. Well, I'm sure it's variations of stuff. They well, do. and it's all but like it, the idea it that it's be, first and second down is what he was originally talking about. So what you're asking right here, I bet he would compartmentalize third down and fourth down are situational with right. the red yes. zone, so you separate those. My yeah. point was I, I just I got to thinking about just his offense, Rod, and just kind of kind of trying to really get into like – we've talked about the pro spread and what it means and what Tom Herman wants mm-hmm. to do, but – I think they're not losing the battle to me with scheme. They're not losing the battle with personnel. They're losing the battle with self scouting and game planning and preparation. Plenty of times, multiple times actually. And it's pretty clear now, though. That's where they're losing the battle. Like it's not the scheme itself is not bad. The personnel you the personnel you have. Well, it's not perfect. No, no scheme is perfect. Yeah. The personnel you have is not bad. Yeah, I've seen much worse in this program. Trust me, mm-hmm. the staff has had much worse. You got a quarterback. Yeah, who regardless of uh, there's multiple threads on our board asking, is it time to give Casey Thompson a chance? Which <laughs> that's ridiculous. To each their own. Oh, yeah, but the same people that want Tom Herman fired. Already, you've got so. a quarter. You've got a quarterback you can win ball games with. Mm-hmm. That's one of the better quarterbacks in this league. Yeah. So you've got a lot of stuff going for you. I, I think the where they're losing the battle is game plan preparation and self scouting. And I go back to that, Rob, because I go back to the USC game mm-hmm. his first year when they're talking about, well, you know, the situation one of those overtimes is to go for two. And he said, well, we blew our two point play on third down. Throwback yeah. pass to Cade Brewer. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking at the time, like, you only have one two-point play? That's it? Not a lot of people go for two very often, but I agree you should well, have more than one. And yeah. at that point in that stage, yeah. they were at the infancy. That was Sam's, like, first game. So I'm just saying they probably didn't have well, a lot in the book compared here's to Here's my point on Good this. Point. Here's my point on this. As many close games, like Tom Herman, code, the way he coaches, the way he manages the game, you're going to be in a lot of close games. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't you go to the – ultimate length to make sure, hey, if we're going to be in close games, we need to be really, really good, as good as we can be in short yardage, as good as we can be in red zone goal line. We need to have multiple plays in case we got two-point situations that come up throughout the day. Like All these situations that come up in close games, if that's the way you're going to coach it, shouldn't you be forming your game plan and forming and, and doing your stuff ahead of the game? Shouldn't you be forming and saying, okay, it's probably going to come down to last minute one possession. If we need a two-point play, we've at least got options. Like we said, have counters, have different stuff. Like That, to me, Rod, is where this staff is kind of losing me right now. Um, well, I don't know. That, that's, I've ranted about self-scouting on the show before, but right. I, I'll say – I think and me and Matt were actually talking about this too because Matt said he saw Tom Herman on like mm-hmm. Rewind or something. Yep. And I'll let you talk about that because I think that was interesting too. And it adds to the same point that Jeff brought up. It's, you know, he does, and, I, and I, all the breakdown about, you know, the background on how the offensive coaches are scouting the other teams and situations. I mean, everybody does that. And, and that's great. It sounds like that everybody's uh, at least dividing up the responsibilities. But they they still don't self-scout in the way that they don't understand how teams want to attack them on a game-by-game basis. Yeah. And, and Matt and I were talking the about quote, how— quote, I'll just give it real quick. No, go ahead. You go, go, yeah, because yeah, it was just like what we had heard him say. It was after the Kansas game, whenever Kansas started throwing the ball all over. TCU. And he, said it, TCU. he said the same thing. And I believe it was after LSU and OU, but he was like, yeah, you know, they just came out and did a lot of things that we didn't expect to see and didn't see on film. And it's like, <laughs> they're going to do that <laughs> always to you, dude. <laughs> Like that's what's going on here. Like if you're expecting to just go and turn exactly on the what play you saw and, and then go devise your game plan and that's football, it's not where it's at right now. It's exactly right, and that's kind of my thing. I think he and he he genuinely seems surprised when yeah, it's like, he did. I thought Max Duggan was going to run it more, and it's like, well, I could have uh, told you they were going to try to pass it. I on saw you that more. rewind this morning and was <laughs> like, God, I'm happy I watched that. Yeah, so I yeah, I think he, he that's what he needs to figure out. And I don't know who you. Uh, and I, I, I would honestly, and we, we were talking about this, I would honestly, if I was a coach, I'd have two analysts 
that literally week by week, they were the other team. Yeah, you aren't even Texas. They, you're, you're, right, the you're, opponent. Own, you're, you're trying not, to yeah. make me prove yourself. You're trying to what? You are the other team. You have watched their film. You've broken down us all year. How would you attack us based on our weaknesses, based on our strengths, and based on what you do well and how you do it? And I don't think there's enough of that. And I know that's pretty elaborate, but you know that's Belichickian. You know that's you and, know you got to be that, they should that's be chess doing that. when yeah. everybody else is playing checkers, especially when you have unlimited resources at mm-hmm. Texas. That should be something you have, and that's how you find a, a really young good coach too. You'll yeah. find a, a young Jim because you'll get you know a young Brent Deerman, or, you know what I mean, yeah. a young a young Shano, and this bring him in and like, damn, week. this dude got some great game plans to whip our butt. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, so I I, I challenged Tom Harmon to, to to like advance the self scouting to the point where you have people within your department who are intentionally trying to uh, every week break you down and exploit your weaknesses. Yeah, I don't re- know if there's enough of that. engineer your roster against Bam. it and that's be able exactly to look right. at it. And that's a perfect way. Yep. To, when you look at production, exactly right. you always have to weigh both sides. And it's the same thing that, like, say you're looking at the NBA and the way a team's pace goes, and you can't just look at the other team and be like, oh, well, they run, so then we're going to run. It's like, no. But then how does that affect how you yep. counter back? And there's always that balance between the two before you get an actual depiction. Like you can look at the film, but then you got to sit there and be like, okay, well, how are they going to go and attack that? Well, then if they're going to probably do that, we have to know that we could also build an entire secondary game plan in case this comes yeah. up. And that's so how you then get, real yes. quickly you can flip the script Boom. and you can you go, anticipate. You yeah, anticipate and it's it. almost the inverse of yeah. what you are doing. So if you understand yeah, exactly that right. and that you can make that quick adjustment. Yep. But, they, that gives you your plans A, B, C, and D going into a game yeah. and it doesn't take you as long. And you don't have to stumble upon yep. it like Texas did versus Iowa State. You don't stumble because the truth is okay, this is why Texas should have anticipated what Iowa State was going to do. You're missing Colin Johnson. So if I'm a DC going to the game and you don't have Mr. 50-50 on the outside. The yeah. guy your target is a first down 50% of the time or it's a touchdown 50% mm-hmm. of the time. So if you don't have that guy, okay, well, then I'm let, well, there are two principles to this Tom Harmon pro spread offense. One is the power spread and the other is the deep ball. Mm-hmm. Right? We are, we've talked about this on the show. So you've already eliminated the deep ball. And Devin DuVernay, we know if you watch film, what? 60% of his targets are where? Within five years of line of scrimmage. He's not up. running deep that that often. So, okay. All right. So Maybe now we can try. Two, three it. times a Boom. game. And you'd see vertical. when Texas ran trips, what, what did Iowa State do? They'd put four defenders out there and they'd, they'd hover one guy in the purgatory so that he could always add late to the box. So they wouldn't always lose in the numbers game. Texas would be like, oh, we had the numbers advantage because mm-hmm. they're going to put four out there to defend our three. And they did for a while. Then Iowa State said, ah, well, okay. Let's, you just hover right there. If they throw it out there, you run late to the, to the tunnel screen or the bubble screen. But if they run, you just add to the mix into the running game. So we always got – it's almost like we got 12 guys when – you know what I mean? Because yeah. we got another guy. We're displacing numbers. So uh, – and, and for a while, they, they played that low game. But Texas should have anticipated that Iowa State was going to stack the box, number one, because there is no threat over the top. Brandon Eagles, okay, he's going to run a nine route. Okay. You know, I mean, we'll cover it. Right? He, he, he's he's talking about Johnson. They're in yeah. a lot of branches on Brennan Eagle's route tree. Yes, he basically runs saying. like a nine and then an in cut. So that's if you're pretty doing much the research, you already know, like, all right, listen, he's going to run these two routes. Colin Johnson's got we're worried about running deep. So you compressed everything now. That's why Texas early on couldn't run, all right, because they got lots of guys in the box. Devin Duvernay is an extension of the running game. Hell, they just put two, two guys on Devin Duvernay and said, man, flat foot, read it. Flat foot him. He's going to run it out. He's going to run a quick hitch. He's going to run a bubble screen. Don't worry about it. And which is pretty much the case with, with, with Devin DuVernay because they don't really run him on vertical routes. They figured that out late, right? They ran the smash concept for the first vertical pass of the game for Texas. By the, by the way, the first time they threw over 10 yards in the game was that Devin DuVernay 17-yard pass. We catch it almost like, you know, Lynn Swan style on the Step sideline. Mm-hmm. So why Texas should have already known, like, okay, they gonna stack the box because we ain't got we ain't got Colin. If hell, if I was going up against us and we didn't have Colin, dude, I wouldn't worry about any other routes really deep because Texas, other than Brennan Eagles, he runs that one route. But you know he's not Colin Johnson. No, it's right? not a spread offense so, at that point. Yeah. Like you're literally in a phone booth if you're doing this. So so that's all they did. That's why that's why the RPOs didn't work because the bat, it was too packed in. No, there was enough space for the RPOs where you ever saw Sam. He would run your RPO and he 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 pull it back down like damn because it it wasn't clear that you know the read wasn't clear. There's so no Texas, backside. But but, but where was the where what where were they weak? You can't defend everything all the time. And so if you bring if you're compressing everything, then where are you vulnerable? Where are you vulnerable? Deep. 
deep, mm-hmm. deep, deep. Or the backside. They figured it out way too late. Yeah, backside and deep. And they figured it out way too late. Oh, let's just spread them out, dude. And the running game became the check downs and, ta- and, and uh, the scramble game mm-hmm. for Sam Ellinger. And then they just threw it vertical. And here, here's and this is why Texas figured it out too late. Texas threw two vertical passes, 10 yards or more down the field in the first 29 minutes and 13 seconds. <laughs> so from that la- that point, from that 47-second mark in the second quarter, it was 47 seconds left, the last drive of the first half, they threw 18 passes 10 yards or more down the field. Of the 20 passes they threw 10 yards or more down the field, all but four of them were on the three touchdown drives. So they figured it out. They figured yeah. it out. Okay, okay. It's deep. That's what, because they plan this preview, but we got we got holes and creases deep, and only only even Eagles could find him, and pretty much only De- Devin Duvernay was skilled enough to find him. Yeah. But then it opened up other things. So my point is, Texas should have been ready for that. They should have anticipated that. And the thing was, right? is we that, came into it, this. When Colin Johnson's not playing, everybody knew, like, well, hell, they're definitely not worried about any other receivers. Remember last Changed week's show, plan. we sat there, and I talked about, just by looking strictly at their sack rates and the way that they use guys, that they're not going to bring any pressure nope, on passing downs. They're going to drop down, and it's what they've done all year, and yep. they're going to continue to do it. And they did do it. And you have smart receivers that made that adjustment and smart play calls exactly that found right. that they mesh found point yep. that's in front of the back end of the net that can get you the 15 to 20 yard, which is the exactly explosive right. what you're looking for. And you did that, and that's good adjustment. And to be able to continue that, it's just the last drive you didn't Because you have noticed they were playing a defense where they had a, a an umbrella over mm-hmm. the defense. So you didn't get the streaking downfield throws, but you got the vertical Vertical smash combo, the seven yep. routes. You know what I mean? You got take Brandon away Eagles. Underneath. Yeah, they ran that Brandon Eagles, which is the only good coaching call of the day on offense. Honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. Everything else was just miraculous efforts by individual players. Think about it. Uh, Sam Ellinger's touchdown to Epps. He runs, yeah. he reverses field mm-hmm. like he's freaking on Remember the Titans. And then lasers. Uh, then, yeah, did, uh, then Eagles, his touchdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, what the hell? That was amazing, right? Yeah. And then you got, you got Devin Duvernay making some miraculous catches. It was all, that was, all those touchdowns were on play. Even that zero blitz. When where Sam puts a touch on it and then Ingram comes down with it. Those were just great individual. Well, wasn't it, wasn't it nice to see Texas beat someone on a zero blitz? That was. Well, that was then, ironic. That was the, ironic. How, but, how great it was the Eagle when you just said the Eagles play, I didn't even notice at the time, but like he it's a run play. He's just blocking, and then he just had the wherewithal to realize, oh, Sam's gonna throw it to me, and they didn't have anybody illegally downfield. So he went from blocking to turning around and caught the ball. Yeah. That and, was a designed run play. And my favorite Eagles play is, and it's it's, it's only coaching like advantage. Texas had in the game, in my opinion. They run trips three by one, and he's on the single receiver side. They run basically the concept we talked about that the Texas stole from LSU mm-hmm. uh, last week where Cosme had the holding penalty where they, they basically run Devin Dune. He's the number three receiver on the trips, and they run him all the way deep drag across the field to the opposite sideline, and they throw it, and it was beautiful. LSU did it against Texas. Same concept with the single receiver, and that's what Brandon Eagles, that's second and 35? Yeah. God, or whatever it was. <laughs> that he runs deep drag all all the way across the field, and then they hit him on that opposite sideline, and it was that was a beautiful play. Only thing I'd ask: let the number three receiver on the trip side also run to the opposite sideline, so and then have them at the mesh point to crossing totally to give Sam Ellinger, yeah, to give Sam Ellinger uh, some options, and then run somebody right down that seam where they would mesh, like right in between, like a little deep, a late deep post right there. You know, oh, that would be just so sexy. All right, it's time for our first break on this week's show. More Iowa State talk is on the other side and we'll start looking ahead to the Baylor game. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. Rod, I, yeah. know you, I know you got something you want to get to, but there just a couple things here. Okay. Uh, this season, when we talk about the offense, we just talk about lack of player development. We're that 2019 class. I mean, you basically wasted the whole year with Jake Smith, with Marcus Watson, with all those guys. You basically wasted the season. And this season, yeah. This season, when it boils down to it, it's a wasted year. I don't care if they beat Tech and win the bowl game or whatever and finish with eight wins. It's a wasted year. You basically wasted this year. It's, yeah, I you mean, can like, learn you can argue it. that. I, I think if, the le- if there are lessons learned from it and the program grows and Tom Herman right. grows as a young but coach. But we won't know that, so we won't know, that. we won't know that until next so year. Right so now, right now, I agree with you. Right now, it is because you had an opportunity because all these young coaches in the league, right? These are first, not first year. You know, and you wasted league, a prime right? Sam Ellinger. And you got here. yeah, you had you had the best quarterback or one of the best quarterbacks in the conference, along with Jalen Hurts, and you've kind of wasted that year too because now you've lowered the ceiling on on Sam Ellinger. And I and I'll say this about Tom Herman, Tom Herman ultimately, I think he he's got to figure out he he's got to be a problem solver. 
All right, and I think he's gotten to the point where he's he's too deep into it. He's too he's and and, and Brian Kelly brought this up too because Brian Kelly did this overhaul and was it twenty Notre Dame when they had twenty sixteen twenty sixteen yeah. I think he had like nine new coaches on his staff and he did an overhaul. He, he basically he said interviewed every player, walk ons included, asked them all like what the hell's wrong with the program because mm-hmm. everybody's got an opinion. Once you once you fall off the cliff. Dude, everybody in that locker room, everybody, every equipment guy, every coach, everybody's got an opinion. That's like, where you get all the, the hell happened to the media. And, and stuff. he heard everything from you're not around the team enough to, um, you know, um, my strength and conditioning is stale to, you know, it's not competitive enough around here. He heard everything from, you know, we don't have the best facility, like all this kind of stuff. And Sounds he, like 2010 Texas. Basically, they went through it all. And he revamped everything to the way they select their captains. To you know the way their offseason is run, to the way that he's involved, he said he had to divest himself of the offense because he got too deep into it, couldn't see the forest for the trees. He said it's really dangerous for a coach, yeah. even though these days that seems to be kind of the norm, right? Even in the NFL, like get a guy that's offensive and let a defensive guy handle it. But for Tom Herman, when you're handling a rebuild of a power, like a a, a blue blood like Texas, a power five blue blood, then. I think you need to you need to find somebody you can trust offensively, defensively, and you got to get back into quality control. You got to get back yeah, into strength and conditioning, getting there at five thirty in the morning, being there with the players, uh, seeing what the hell Yancey McKnight's doing because a lot of guys getting injured. So what the hell's going on? You got you got a special teams background. Go fix that garbage yeah, special exactly. teams. Exactly. You need to be you need to be yeah. So instead of you diving so deep in office, and right now he's calling the plays, and you might need to divest yourself, man, so you can have a better scope and view of everything. I think that the thing. He, you know what I mean? You hit on something there, Rod, and, and I think Brian Keller talking about you can't see the forest through the trees. This staff, their default mode. We talk about like in times of crisis, you default to who you really are, right? This is mm-hmm. true. This staff, the message has always been got to work harder, got to work harder. Stop worrying about working hard. That's not the problem. Start yeah. working smart. Agreed. You're not working totally smart. Yeah. If you're burning, it's the same thing Charlie Strongstaff did. Like we, workers. We, yeah. we talked about that with Charlie Staff. They're like, oh, we're burning the men on our own, being up till two or three in the morning. What good does that do you if you're not coming up with any answers? That's exactly right. Exactly right. You know, you're just spinning your wheels at that point. Totally. You agree. gotta work smarter. Yep. I think I think that honestly, I think the Cowboys have that same issue. Now we know that Jason Garrett, right? Jason Garrett was asked after that debacle up in New England if he if he if he keeps up with win probabilities or know what win probabilities are, and he's like, Yeah, but we don't worry about that during the game. <laughs> and then everybody well, was like, Well, well, it's not going to help you. Do you understand? Really like you when need you, to do you need the football the to win, and you decide yeah. to give it away and with only six minutes yeah. left, it and, really and hurts that, your and, chances and that, to win. And that field goal that he kicked actually lowered their win oh, probability. Yeah, for sure. He said if he had win for it on four down and even missed it, that the win probability still would have been higher because yeah. the Patriots would have had to march length of the field anyway. Going, I don't want to get deep. No, my but, point is that my, my point is this. <laughs> it's is that the, <laughs> they're working hard or not. Sport. The Cowboys work hard. They got a ton of talent, yeah. but. You're missing out on the minuscule little advantages you can get here and there. But Belichick doesn't. Belichick knows mm. about prop win probabilities. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you. Belichick knows all about it. Hell, John Harbaugh hired a 25-year-old, literally, to sit up in the booth with his offensive coordinator and constantly, and constantly say, hey, if you go for it here, if you go for the fourth down here, then now that we're at the 41-yard line, you know our win probability increases by 7%. So here on this second down, you probably should consider a play that is four-down territory. So yeah. don't think you're in three-down. You're in four-down territory. Oh, okay, okay. All right, so we're cool with just him running here. You know what I mean? Like It's it's just trusting the science <laughs> and the math and buying and, into it and exactly. letting, if you don't know, you let that, and, them, that's their and department. In, and in week three, John Harbaugh got a lot of uh, criticism because he, he went for two-point two conversions and four downs on like eight different times in that game versus the Chiefs, and they lost the game. And afterwards, he was asked, why'd you do that? What are you doing? He's like, no, the analytics say I should do this. And honestly, all the guys I got back here working, I got like a room full of really smart people and nerds. They're telling me I don't go for it enough. They're saying I should do it more. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the season, it'll all pay off for me. It'll all yeah. end up advantageous to us. And my point is this. You have to be you have to be smart about how you work. You only got how many hours they have to work to, to practice with the players during the week? Only like, 20, 25, yeah. whatever I heard Tom it is. Herman say earlier this week, dude, that, you know, it's really hard, uh, you know, preparing for defenses like Iowa State and, and Baylor because they're so, uh, they're so complicated. And I'm like, yeah, you're a problem solver. That's what you – you're supposed to solve that problem. You got a certain amount of hours that you got in. You're Mensa, dude. Yeah. And he's – it's crazy. As Mensa as he is, he works harder, not smarter. 
Yeah. It's strange. No, banging it, his head against dude, the damn. You just brought it up. His head is basically that's Tom Herman in a nutshell. He's yeah. like, no, dude, no, that's not the way to motivate. That's not the way to motivate. Guys aren't motivated by that. Mm. You see the way they looked at you. They looked at you strange and crazy. Yeah. What you need to do, do is talking to them about hey, not when to jump off sides and about scheme. The final about, drive of the Iowa State game. You know last two, you, last you, two games. You're yeah, offside. No, you're what I'm talking, like about, I'm talking about, like, you're not a meathead. Yeah, coach. but it's like okay, you got to this point. Like go back to the Iowa State game. You got to this point. You got the lead of this game by going ten personnel yeah. and spread it out, and going up tempo, head. and then you're like, all right, well, let's impose our will on them. No, no, you've been throwing. You, for you got a plan that's two. working. Why would you go back to the plan that didn't work? Go with meathead. And no, you just brought up you know how the way harder, not smarter. Explained that you know winning those margins just over time that it pays off in understanding just your incremental value and getting a little exactly. bit more with each side. It's a little and bit of an advantage. It's funny that you brought it up because I thought about it when I saw the Herman thing. And of course, he's probably not ever going to give himself a concussion. But if you're the coach and all the play calling is coming from you and you're hitting your head, there has to be that 0.1% that if you value risk in numbers and metrics like it's not worth the risk i know it's not going to happen and it's an absurd example but there's actually risk of you say concussing yourself hitting somebody and just not weighing that in in that idea and that thought process it's like no that's working meathead that's not working smarter i don't want to get too far down the nfl (laughs) rabbit hole exactly that's meathead but rod after the cowboys patriots game you brought up bill belichick and i think this applies to tom herman when you're so good in the details, like how many, all the critical situations in that game, Jason Garrett was faced with them, right? And the Cowboys were bad on special teams and situational footballs were a mess. Special teams. The advantage Bill Belichick has is he's so good in the details mm-hmm. that eventually everything with him is going to be so airtight. He's not going to have to make that decision. Yeah, he's going to force you to make that decision. For, and, and, and there's the, no the second guessing. Grunk, the Gronk stories are so great. Gronk tells a story about. Um, they're, uh, they're bringing in like a new deep snapper or somebody like that, and then like Bill Belichick, while they're still holding that snap, Bill Belichick comes over and like squirts the ball with water. <laughs> He's like, "We're expecting some rain." You know what I mean? <laughs> things, but it's and, like and that. how Grunk says they practiced outside every time. Like there's any hint of it being a cold weather game, there's no practice outside all week long. He said the Cowboys don't do that. Yeah. Cowboys practice inside when it's raining outside. And he's right about that. And, and I heard Jesse Holly bring this up. You know the the Matthew Slater block punt. Mm-hmm. He he said, don't you don't think it's a coincidence that he was over Joe Thomas, who hasn't practiced all week because he had been he had had the flu. Best don't mismatch. think Belichick didn't know that. And Belichick's like, all right, if we're gonna block it, right. let's put our best. By the way, Matthew Slater, one reception in twelve years. So he's a he's a special teams ace. Let's put our special teams ace right. over that guy, and then we'll get a mismatch. It that there's no coincidence with him when they're kicking those short kickoffs to the Cowboys and uh-huh. uh, yeah, right. And uh, they can't figure out Tony Pollard and uh, Alawale. They can't really figure out how to how to how to get them, and they feel them, back. and they they end up you know muffing the kickoffs and messing up field field position. That is not a coincidence. That is Bill no. Belichick saying, no, 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 no. We're going to kick it between kick, those kick two short, in the bad weather. Let's force him into making a, making a, a difficult situation. It's like Augie Garrido where you put the pressure onto the yeah. opponent. Right. Before we get too far, like I said, before we I get too far down the rabbit hole, that applies to Texas because we've seen that it so does. many times this year. Like West Virginia kind of exposes Texas' offensive line because – we talk about Texas just hammering people, hammering people, hammering people. And this offensive line had been really good when they get downhill and they can establish their double teams and, and run the football vertically. What West Virginia did was they said, well, you know, you've got Junior Angulao, who's a redshirt freshman, hardly has any experience, and Parker Braun played in this triple option offense. Mm-hmm. Well, see if these guys can stop stunts. Yep, see if they can pass block. See if, see if they can handle pressure. They and they out. couldn't. They couldn't. And Alex Grinch did the same thing. Yep. And Kansas did the same thing. And Gary Patterson did the same thing, and so on and so forth. And now forth. you lead the Big 12 in sacks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and you're 109th in the country. And what, about, do, we talk, what and do we talk about with the pass defense, yep. right? Like, go back to the TCU game. We talked about it on that on that last TCU touchdown mm-hmm. drive. Where was the matchup? Third and nine. You got Montrell Estelle one-on-one with somebody's slot. That's where they're going with the ball. Don't play the hand, play the Todd man. Orlando knows more football, forgot more football than I'll ever know, but I'm smart enough to figure out, hey, your redshirt, your redshirt sophomore safety that's hardly played, you got him one-on-one with somebody's slot, it's probably where you're going with guy. football. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and, and this is the thing about Texas, and it's why I say the LSU game is where they peaked. Because since that film's been out there, football's such a film-driven sport. Mm-hmm. All right? It's just people like me sitting in rooms watching film. It's Shanahan sitting in dark rooms, sleeping for three hours a night, and all he does is watching film, and he's sleeping up there at the complex, and he's got notes. Hell, Mike Gundy said he was up to like 3 in the morning the other yeah. night uh, watching film of, of, of OU. 
and he came out. I think his statement was, "Y'all think Jalen Hurts is a is a is a spread quarterback? He's in he's a triple option quarterback. They just spread him out. He's like they're running the wishbone. They're running the wishbone. You know what I mean? Like that's what he he so he at three in the morning he came up with that. This is this is my epiphany after watching film because that's what happens. You see, you notice these trends because you watch every play back yeah. to back to back to back. And you go, oh, there's a trend. See a they do this there. all the time on first down. This is what they do uh-huh. in this formation or with this personnel package. And since Tom Herman has put out that much film with this team, since teams have, you see slowly, just like your thing about the stunts and the twists on the offensive line, just as I think about the secondary, teams are starting to figure out, oh, this is how you beat Texas. Yeah, oh, just, this is what Texas is going to do. Devin Dunn has become less and less effective as the season going on. Yeah. Right? Less and less big plays. He's still, he's still producing. It's no fault of his. He's, yeah, he's giving you everything he's, he's giving got. You everything he's got, but not everybody knows his route tree. Ain't nobody going to run 60% of his route's going to be within five yards of the last I'm not going to put flat-foot reading right. everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to put words in Devin Duvernay's mouth, but there was a play, I think, in the fourth quarter of the Baylor game where they ran that same bubble screen. They didn't have numbers. He gets tackled for like a two-yard gain, on, and man. he just kind of pitches the ball to the referee. <laughs> like It's almost like the body language is saying, all right, let's just run this garbage screen run one so more time. so I can time. get tackled for a loss so we can keep this Keep this thing going. Yeah. Work yeah. my ass up for three yards. Yeah, yeah. as I'm saying, like, it, so everybody knows now, and that's on Tom Herman. Tom Herman's become predictable, and that's why I say the pro spread has failed him. Now, what's the evolution of the pro spread? Are you going to keep it? Are you going to are you going to just get rid of the whole damn thing and hire somebody to bring in their system, or are you going to add to it? Is Larry Fedora running your system, which also worries me? It's kind of like Kellen Moore, like you told me, running Jason Garrett's system. That worries you. It's like, well, it's still Jason Garrett's damn system, yeah. and we just have him. You know what I mean? So. I'm I'm a little worried, honestly, about go, Tom Herman picking well, his own. Yeah, exactly, because he's bad at self scouting. Go look at Ohio se- State last year. Go look at Ohio State last year. Like Urban Meyer was the head coach, they were not running the Urban Meyer pro spread offense. They had started to evolve that thing. They did under Ryan Day, and that thing is Ryan Day's offense now. I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree with it, and that's what I'm saying. Like I I think, and I'm worried about because I think he's bad at self scouting or appointing people to help him self scout. And that means you're bad at self-evaluation. And if you're not good at self-evaluation, it's really tough, you know, to take that introspective leap and then go pick coaches whose strengths are your weaknesses. Well, and like, then I'm bad at this. I need to hire somebody who's good at that. And especially when you, you know got I mean? this job because of that one unique skill. So then now you say if you strip yourself of those duties, what are you doing here? What do you, exactly. <laughs> what, what do you say exactly it is you do, do here? here? If he goes, it's totally exactly becomes right. a Milton at that point yeah. because, I, and I mean, if I was Herman, I would probably trust, I mean, it's you're at the point where you're in year three and you know it's very odd because a year ago at this time we would be joking, oh yeah, you know, Charlie got axed in year three and then Texas football looked to be in a good situation and really quick we flipped from that LSU game to now that next season is going to be here. Yeah, well, you got to take care of business, or that's like Herman knows it's down to yeah. this final season and has to be much improved. And that happened quick. That happened in a couple months. And with yeah. him being a guy that's a head coach, and he got there because of his mind and him being such a smart guy and such a transcendent offensive guy, it'd be really hard to see him stripping that away from himself, especially when now everything's on you, the pressure's on you. Message and data rates may apply. TNC and privacy terms can be found at babble.com slash terms. Please don't text and drive. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then try Babbel for free by texting WORLD to 64000. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just text WORLD to 64000 and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or text WORLD to 64000 and try it for free. Text W-O-R-L-D to 64000. From ooh to aww. Whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with custom holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get special Black Friday prices with 60% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus save on other memorable photo gifts like canvas prints. So get our Black Friday prices until December 3rd with 60% off holiday cards and photo calendars. Plus great deals on photo gifts at Vistaprint.com. Just enter code RADIO60 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, code RADIO60. Orangutans. They're beautiful, playful, and majestic. And 
disappearing. Every day, as many as 20 orangutans vanish. They starve to death when their homes are destroyed or are killed when they stray into villages in search of food. International Animal Rescue is fighting for the survival of the critically endangered orangutan. But we can't do it without you. Please visit internationalanimalrescue.org and help us save orangutans before it's too late. That's internationalanimalrescue.org. Message and data rates may apply. TNC and privacy terms can be found at babbel.com slash terms. Please don't text and drive. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then try Babbel for free by texting WORLD to 64000. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just text WORLD to 64000 and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or text WORLD to 64000 and try it for free. Text W-O-R-L-D to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See purple.com for terms and conditions. It's Purple's biggest, comfiest Black Friday sale ever. Save up to $400 when you pair a Purple mattress with a premium sleep bundle. Make this shopping holiday simple and stress-free with the comfiest bundles ever made. Complete your Purple setup and get up to $200 off a mattress, plus up to another $200 off when you bundle two pillows, sheets, and a mattress protector. That's up to $400 off your order. It's time to feel the mattress you've been hearing about. The Purple mattress is the only mattress with the one, the only, the Purple Grid. It's the cool, innovative, no-pressure support that feels like you're floating. An experience that you cannot get with any other mattress. Shop great, then sleep great with Purple this holiday season. Take advantage of our best Black Friday sale ever and save up to $400 when you buy a mattress and premium sleep bundle by texting OFFER to 84888. Sleep great through the holidays and get up to $400 off by texting OFFER to 84888. That's O-F-F-E-R to 84888. From ooh to aww, whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with custom holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get special Black Friday prices with 60% off all holiday cards and calendars, plus save on other memorable photo gifts like canvas prints. So get our Black Friday prices until December 3rd with 60% off holiday cards and photo calendars, plus great deals on photo gifts at Vistaprint.com. Just enter code RADIO60 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, code RADIO60. Orangutans. They're beautiful, playful, and majestic, and disappearing. Every day, as many as 20 orangutans vanish. They starve to death when their homes are destroyed or are killed when they stray into villages in search of food. International Animal Rescue is fighting for the survival of the critically endangered orangutan, but we can't do it without you. Please visit internationalanimalrescue.org and help us save orangutans before it's too late. That's internationalanimalrescue.org. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod B, appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn 1049 AM1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can get Rod B on the Rodcast each and every weekday from 1 to 3. Shameless plug. And thanks to Matt, you can get all of our archives on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. Don't forget to like us, leave us a review anywhere you get your podcast. You're going to search Horns 24-7 podcast. You'll get us, you'll get the flagship, you'll get State of Recruiting. Like us, leave us a review. Thank you guys so much for subscribing. Uh, you know, the show is, has taken off and done some wonderful things this year. And it is all because of you, the listener, and it, the man. subscriber. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7.com.